You are listening to the Feast Podcast from the Light of Jesus family. We share here significant and heartfelt messages for you to reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face your challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Are you happy to be here? How many of you believe that God's going to bless you today? We believe God's going to bless us. We believe God's... I, I pray every time, I, you know, before coming on stage, I pray that God would speak to you and that God would touch you and that God will heal you and today is no different. Do I hear a loud amen? Amen. All right. I begin with a Bible story that's very strange. Are you ready? Very, very strange Bible story. It's a wrestling match. But before that, let me backtrack a bit and let's begin with a guy by the name of... Isaac. Everybody say Isaac. Isaac had two sons, twins, Esau and Jacob. Now Esau is spelled E-S-A-U. Now some people pronounce it as Esau. But I'd rather not because some people here will be hungry. I don't know if you're, you know, if you're my age, you know Esau and you know Betamax and you know Adidas. But for those of you who are young, too bad. And if you are not Filipino, let's not talk about it. <laughs> because it will freak you out. Uh, street food, never mind. Why am I talking about it? Esau and Jacob, twin brothers. Now this is the problem. Jacob was a cheater. And he stole the inheritance and the blessing from his brother Esau. And Esau got angry and wanted to kill his brother Jacob. First point. Sin destroys life. Everybody say that with me. Sin destroys destroys family. One more time. Sin destroys destroys future. future. Do you understand what I'm talking about? They were supposed to be a nice, you know, tight family, close family. Isaac, and you've got Jacob, and you've got Esau, but then because Jacob stole, there was anger, wanted to kill, he had to go away. Jacob runs away, and so the family is separated. This, 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 I know some people here feel an ouch right now. This is close to you. This is, this is very, very familiar to you. Sin destroys life. Sin destroys families. And we, you know, God does not want sin. And it's not because he's a killjoy. He is against sin because he wants you to have the greatest joy. Do I hear a loud amen? Amen. Hold someone's hand and tell that person, God wants you to have the greatest joy. And that's why he does not want you to sin. It's not because, oh, he wants to take pleasure from you. No, he wants to give you the very best. Anyway, Story continues. Jacob runs away, goes to Padan Aram, gets married there, and meets a guy who's almost like him. Remember when I told you that Jacob is a cheater? No, you don't remember? Okay, I'll say it again. Jacob is a cheater. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. Guess what? He meets another guy right there where he went that was like him. He was also a cheater. He was also a a thief. He was also, and and he was his father-in-law. His name is Laban. 
No relations whatsoever to any organization here in our country. None, none. So, none. There's no relation, okay? So, so Jacob and Laban cheat each other for the next 20 years. It's like Jacob cheats Laban and Laban cheats Jacob and, you know, it's like 20 years. Finally, after 20 years, Jacob says, I think I got to go away. You know, Laban and his men don't like me anymore. And so he escapes with his family and decides to go home. And when he goes home, now, by the way, by the way, by the way, do you notice Jacob meeting Laban, somebody like him? Here's second truth. Everybody say, I'm listening. You attract who you are. You attract to yourself people who are like you. Everybody say, uh-huh. <laughs> a kind person will attract other kind people. Make sense? A thief will attract other... Help me preach here. A good person will attract... Good... You got what I'm saying? Now, can I go deeper? Can I? If you're good, you don't only attract other good people, you attract goodness, you bring out goodness from people that don't even know they're good. You, and that is great leadership. What do you bring out from people? That, 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 you know, there are people who complain, you know, I, there, there's something wrong with that person. Oh, there's something wrong with that person. Oh, that other person is nasty. Oh, that other person is bad. Oh, that other person. Wait a minute. Why, why are you so surrounded with people like that? Hmm. I wonder who's attracting. <laughs> am, am I making sense? Tell, tell somebody beside you, you better listen. This is, this is, this is important. Now, now, can I move on with the story? So, so Jacob runs away, escapes, everybody say escape, escapes Laban, going home to Canaan, back home, and you know who's there at home? His twin brother Esau, which he stole from 20 years ago, the brother who wanted to kill him. So this is what happens. He finds out that Esau, his brother, comes with 400 men. OMG! This is not a welcome party. They're not bringing balloons. You can be sure of that. They're not bringing a cake, you know, with a little red writing that says, Welcome home. 400 men? This was an army. And so Jacob was gripped with fear. Behind him was Laban because he was escaping from Laban. And Laban was running after him. But in front of him was his brother Esau with 400 soldiers. And he was gripped with fear, didn't know what to do, starts praying, and that's when God speaks to him. And God does not only speak using words, but he uses drama. Say drama. And there happens the weirdest, strangest, craziest, wrestling match in the history of the world. Uh, are there wrestling fans here? Nobody wants to raise their hand. Okay. Let me read to you exactly what happened. Everybody say, I'm listening. Then a man came and wrestled with him, Jacob, until just before daybreak. You know, it's like it popped in. Boop, oh, there's a wrestling match. 
There's a guy wrestling Jacob. And when the, when the, this is so strange. When the man saw that he was not winning the struggle, he hit Jacob on the hip and it was thrown out of joint. Everybody say hit. The man said, let me go. Daylight is coming. I won't, Jacob said, unless you bless me. What? Huh? What kind of wrestling match is this? Asking blessing. Maybe at this point, Jacob already found out that he was wrestling with an angel. But then, of course, the question is, why are you wrestling with an angel? Why is an angel? It's so strange. And then we continue. Jacob said, now tell me your name. But he, this mysterious guy, answered, why do, I, why, why, why do you want to know my name? Then he blessed Jacob. Have you ever met a, a wrestler who blesses? <laughs> Jacob said, I have seen God face to face. I am still alive. What? I thought it was an angel or a man. And now God. So he named the place Peniel. Verse 31. The sun rose as Jacob was leaving Peniel and he was limping because of his hip. Everybody say limping. So what's this story about? You want to know? You want to know? Can I tell you? You're not interested? I'll go to another reading. You want, you want to know? Yes. This was a picture. The whole drama, the whole wrestling match is a picture of the life of Jacob. Remember, Jacob was a cheater, a liar, conniving guy, deceiving guy. What he wants, he will get. He will step on other people's toes. He, he will do anything and everything. He will take matters into his own hands. He is... All his life, he was resisting God's will. All his life, he was fighting God. All his life, he was wrestling God. And what the angel did was, he was showing Jacob, this is what you're doing, man. I'm just showing to you. I'm just dramatizing it to you. But this is you. You've been fighting God all this time. And you know, so, so, so very important, very important point. I want to share this with you. That obedience is a trust issue. Can everybody say those, that line? Jacob could not obey God all his life because he did not trust Him. When a person is not able to obey God, it means you lack trust. That's it. If you trust God, you will obey Him. But many times we don't and we take matters into our own hands because we think that God's hands are not big enough for our life. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And that when, when the angel hit Jacob in the hip and he started limping, that is a symbol of hard-hitting trials in our lives. How many of you have ever had a trial in your life that was hard-hitting? Raise your hand. My dear friend, when God allows a trial like that and it hits you hard, and sometimes you limp because of that trial. What should you do? The point, point number four is what Audie shared. Everybody say this with me. It takes a limp to make us lean on God. Hold someone's hand. Crush it hard. Give, tell that person. It takes a limp to make you lean on God. And, and I don't know what your limp is. Could be a personal problem. 
could be a personal weakness, could be an inner brokenness, could be a devastation coming from the loss of a loved one, could be a heartbreak, could be a family squabble that has been there for years, could be a father that was an alcoholic and, and, and has abandoned you when you were a kid. I don't know what your limp is. Maybe it's a financial problem that has haunted you for years. Whatever your limp is, it pushes you to lean on God. Touch somebody beside you and ask that person, what is your limp? You see, God will teach you to embrace your limp so that you can lean on Him. Your limp, and, and if, if, you, if you're able to embrace your limp, you will discover some beautiful things inside. Three gifts, actually. And the first one is this. You will learn to lead better. You will learn to lead others better. Leadership is difficult. Yes or no? You know, even if you're a father of a family, a mother of a family, that's being a leader. A kuya or an ate of a family, that's leadership right there. You're, you're, you're the leader of a, a team, a department in the office. It's difficult. And, and you have a choice. You have two choices. How many? Two. You can either pretend you're perfect. Or number two, you can admit you have a limp and seek help. You see, the choice is, are you going to be a fake or are you going to be authentic? And that's a challenge that you'll have to. You know, there was this guy, a friend of mine, he said, he told me, Brother Bo, my, my, my prayer group leader before, he was giving this talk and he said to everyone, announced it to everyone, I don't have any weaknesses because the Holy Spirit has taken care of them already. And I said, wow, really? How did that affect you? And he said, ah... Oh, you know, everybody put him in a pedestal. And it, it was great that we were idolizing him because, wow, he had no weaknesses. But then at the same time, we felt depressed because when I looked at my life, I saw so many weaknesses. And I said, how, how is it that he has none and, and I had any? Of course, it, of course, he was lying, but we didn't know that until later on. You know, but the, the point is, pretending leaders helps no one. Everybody say, Authentic. Two things you've got to do. If you're a leader and you don't want to be a good leader, you've got to embrace your limp. And the way to do that, number one, you've got to know your limp. Everybody say, know your limp. Do you know your limp? Do you know your weakness? You, you, by the way, you've got to know your strength. Do you know your strength? Are you sure? You've got to know your strength like really well. I know my strength. My strength is I love the vision. I'm a big picture guy. I, I rally people towards that vision. That's me. That's my strength. I communicate. I speak and I write. That's my strength. My, my being physically attractive, that's not my strength. That's my burden. Can you pray for me? I'm just kidding. Know your strength. But you know what? I know my weakness. I know my weakness like crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm a big picture guy, so... I'm, I'm horrible when it comes to details. Horrible when it comes to administration. Horrible when it comes to creating systems, metrics, numbers. I'm not good there. That's my weakness. Confronting people, that's not me. I'm an introvert. I know my weaknesses. 
I, I have, that, that's about how many? Four weaknesses. So there are 6,000 more. You want me to tell them? Tell, I mean, I've got so many, but I know them. It's important that you know. Here's number two. You've got to confess your weakness. Ask me why. You've got to tell people, guys, this is my weakness. Can you help me? Hire people whose strength is your weakness. When you're able to do that, then you can complement each other. There are two kinds of leaders in this world. Limping leaders and lying leaders. Be the limping leader. There's, there's, the, you, anyone who's not limping, be, anyone who thinks he has no limp, you know, is fooling himself. Then you're lying. There are only two kinds of leaders in this world. Limping and lying. What kind are you? I pray you're the limping kind who can be honest to your team, to your family, to your friends, to your prayer group, to your ministry, to your office. I've got my weaknesses. Here are my weaknesses. Can you help me? Number two, second gift of a limp. If you embrace your limp, your limp can make you love yourself and others more. There's this story in the New Testament. New Testament. Let's go to New, New Testament. There's this uh, James and John... Apostles of Jesus were hotheads. They were called a nickname, Sons of Thunder. You, you're not called Sons of Thunder when you're, if you're gentle. and No, you're, you're, you're hothead. And there was a time when the, the, Jesus was not welcomed by a Samaritan town. And this is what James and John told Jesus. They proposed, Lord, Luke 9, 54, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? They, they, you know, if they had their way, they would have thrown nuclear warheads on this little town because they refused Jesus. There are leaders like that. They, they, they want to have their way. They're like tanks, you know, my way or the highway, you know, follow me or else, you know, threats, fear. Does this sound familiar? Raise your hand if it sounds familiar. Okay. In the office, raise your hand if it sounds familiar. Good. Un unless your boss is here, then don't raise your hand. But, but if, if he... You know, it's so familiar that this kind of leader that's, that's angry and threatening and forceful and dominant. But guys, d deep inside that person is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of insecurity. Yes or no? So much insecurity. That why, that's why this person is like that. A person who is hard on others is really hard on himself. This, this, this person doesn't like himself and wants other people to follow and like him and accept him because he doesn't like himself. And Jesus, Jesus, he was rejected by, by Nazareth. Now, he, he went back to Nazareth, his hometown. They rejected him. Did did. It, he didn't act like James and John. James and John wanted to have firebombs from heaven fall. But when Nazareth rejected Jesus, you know what Jesus did? You want to find out? Mark 6, 2 and 3. Uh, the, then Jesus, so Nazareth rejected Jesus. Do, do you know why Nazareth rejected Jesus? You want to know why? They knew him. Familiarity. Isn't he our neighbor? Isn't he the carpenter Jesus, the son of carpenter Joe and housewife Mary? Yeah, he was the one who fixed my fence eight years ago. Oh yeah, he was the one who repaired my roof two years ago. And the other neighbor said, yes, 
He was the one who installed my jacuzzi last summer. What's he doing preaching? I don't know. The nerve. He's just one of us. So that's why they rejected him. And when Jesus was rejected, you know what his response was? Did he say, fire bombs, come down. Did, did Jesus do that? You know what he did? I'll read it to you. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. No fuss, no rancor, no anger. Something like this. I want to preach to you, Nazareth. Oh, you don't like me? Okay. Go to another town that will welcome me. Simple. You know why? Ask me why. The great leader's philosophy. I don't need you to like me because I already like me. Why will I get angry? Oh, you reject me? That's okay. It's your loss, not mine. Because I'm a really swell guy. You know, when that's the great, no insecurity. People reject you, you know, and, and, and that's why you can be gentle. And that's why you can serve. A person who's insecure cannot serve. You, 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 you can't find yourself washing someone's feet if you're insecure because it's shameful. What will other people say? No, but if you're so secure and you love yourself and you like yourself, you don't care what other people will say. You will wash feet. My, and I, I want to I bring this. I want to bring this to, to number three. Can you all stand up before I bring this up? Third gift. When you embrace your limp, you know this already. I shared it a while ago. Audie did too. You lean on God even more if you embrace your lamp. And you know my biggest limp. If you've been attending the feast for some time, my biggest limp was that I was molested as a child, eight years old, and molested again by a religious leader when I was 13 and it messed me up really bad I hated myself and I didn't like myself I would wake up in the morning and this lasted for over a decade probably I don't know I would wake up feeling so ashamed that I was even alive. I, when I share this to people, they say, how is that possible? Yes, that's possible. I wake up in the morning and I say, I, I hated me years. That's my limp. And it has all sorts of side effects. I, I developed a porn addiction that could not get away. You see, any addiction is a hunger for love, any addiction. And I hungered for someone to love me because I hated me. And because there's so much pain, I went into an addiction just to deaden that pain. That's what addictions are, painkillers. And all those years, I would run to God. And I realized that was the purpose of a limp. You run to God every day in desperation you lean on him and you cry out to him and that's why let me close with Hebrews chapter 11 verse 21 talks about Jacob 
the guy who wrestled, the guy who was limping. When he was dying, the Bible says, he blessed both the sons of Joseph and he worshipped. And then it says, leaning upon the top of his staff. Do you know why he was leaning? Because he was limping. When you limp, you lean on the wood of your staff. You and I are limping and we lean on the wood of the cross of Jesus. Willpower. I tried willpower to be better, you know. I won't do it. I won't do it again. I won't, I won't, I won't you know, I'll, I'll be better. I'll, I'll, I'll get rid of this shame. I'll, I'll, I'll. Didn't work. And in desperation, I cried out to Jesus every single day. I got healed, by the way. I got healed of that shame. I got healed of all that addiction. I got healed. And the only thing that healed me, you know how? You better listen to this. I got healed when I saw Jesus embracing my limp. Listen to me. Jesus embraced me with my limp with my weakness, with what I was ashamed about. He embraced all of me. This is the God that you follow. The God that loves you and embraces you. And here's what happens. When you see God embracing you, you learn to embrace yourself. And then guess what? When you embrace your own limp, then you begin to embrace other people's limp. There are so many Christians I know who are so high and mighty, self-righteous, who look down at people. Oh gosh, you do that? Oh my gosh, you've got so many weaknesses. Oh, please, excuse me. You, you are so below me. You know why? Because they think they have no limp and they, some of them do subconsciously and they never embrace their limp. That's why they don't embrace other people's weaknesses. But if you allow God to embrace you with your limp, you begin to embrace your own limb. You begin to accept who you are. You begin to celebrate who you are in your weaknesses. And then you begin to accept the weaknesses of other people. Can I invite you to pray for healing? That God embrace you with your limb right now. Lift up your hands. And say this after me, Father in heaven, put your arms around me and embrace me, all of me, with my weaknesses. Teach me to embrace my limp. Teach me. Heal me. Touch me. Right now in this sacred place, in your presence, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Light of Jesus family. For more messages like these, please visit lightfam.com slash podcasts.